What up, what up, what up, film fans? This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 75. 75. This episode, we'll be doing a versus episode, Top Gun versus Top Gun Maverick. So, Tawana, since we're going to bring it all versus style this time, what are we going to have to drink for it? Because this is a special occasion. This is all about the summer blockbuster. All about the summer blockbuster. Well... We're supposed to be doing something 80s-esque, Very 80s. and I feel like we've done 80s before, mm-hmm. and... More fun, more like, that was Pretty in Pink, and yeah, all those kind Yeah, of yeah, yeah, Pretty in Pink, it, it was another one, there was mm-hmm. another 80s theme we had going on for a little bit, but, so I feel like I've exhausted all my avenues in terms of 80s, only because it's hard to find them, um... What's left is the little bit of 80s I did do, and then... The 90s stuff. So I think in relation to me and my age, when I was able to drink beer legally right. or like really have some sort of taste and not just steal people's shit, right. what, what, I, what I would do is like find things that I started to really enjoy. Okay. So in the 90s, it was the times of the craft, right? So you had Blue Moon. Um, which everybody knows I really love a German beer. Oh, yes. Um, and so I love a heifer. Yes. Everybody knows I love a heifer. So, you know, what happens is I, uh, I really like those notes, you know, I like clove. I like coriander. I like, uh, citrus, uh, preferably orange. I like, um, banana. I like, I like a lot of those sort of German notes. And so of course, you know, I can be bougie and tell you about all the things that I've drunk before, and that tastes really great. I don't know if we had that kind of time. But, but we don't have okay. that time. And so what, what What? I will say now in terms of this time frame that we were using, mm-hmm. I really do like a good Blue Moon. That's a good go-to. Right. It's really low in, um, in, in alcohol content, um, and it also has a nice refreshing taste that just washes through. And you can have a bunch of them because they're just orange. But I digress. Mm-hmm. I went another way because okay. the other one Tell is Allagas White out of uh, Portland, Maine. Okay. And so what happens with Allagas White is um, I think if you sort of pull people's old school favorite beers, I think they're going to say like they had uh, Blue Moons and Allagas if they like a sort of German flavored right. or right. wheaty. It's kind of less hoppy, more weedy. Less hoppy, more weedy. Gotcha. Um, and so what happens is, is uh, I think it's still arguably one of the better wheat beers okay. in the American market. Um, and so, you know, it's it's been available since 95, just like Blue Moon. And it's got a bit of a hazy, a hazy uh, appearance. Very Belgian style wheat beer. Um, it's brewed with malts. It's brewed with uh, oats, malted wheat, raw wheat. But uh, it gets it just gets this 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 memorable flavor. I think very similar to uh, to Blue Moon that that just has these amazing notes: the coriander, the curacao, uh, orange peel. I mean, all of that just really just hits you all the same. 
And uh, so that's what I chose this time. It's a nice, refreshing summer brew. So, you know, try okay. it out. What you got, Vaughn? Well, you know, I decided to, to bring back bourbons that were very popular in the 80s. And since we were talking about 80s and this and Top Gun, the original was done in 1986. So I went back and I did some research into to bourbons that were very popular because that was during a time when bourbons were out of flavor and out of fashion for a little bit because more people were drinking vodka. Vodka drinks were introduced and more rum kind of beverages were introduced in the in the bar scene. But one thing that happened for sure was that there was always room for those brown liquors, as people say. And um, so one thing for sure, certain brands kind of moved up on the shelf. So today I'm doing Ancient Age, which is out of Kentucky, of course. And it's out of uh, Frankfort, Kentucky, my favorite place. I'm going to have to do a trip there just just to experience it. I'll Uh, join you. Ancient Age is from and it goes all the way back to 1869 in Kentucky. Has a good flavor to it. I'm drinking the one liter bottle. I'm I'm really kind of liking it. I also did because it has a guaranteed sour. It has more of a sour mash flavor in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to make a cocktail with it, and it's called um, Horse Feathers. And um, really good drink. And it's literally ginger beer, a couple of splashes of bitters, a little bit of lemon. And bourbon, of course, and it's absolutely delicious. I could literally drink it all day. It it lightens up bourbon for those people who think that you can't drink bourbon in the, in the summertime because you definitely can. But um, really tasty, definitely. Can. You know, because but a lot it's of people are afraid. Drink. You know, these people that only think about you know doing tequilas or gins or vodkas during the summer. But I think that you know this this kind of cocktail definitely works. This would be good also in a. Um, in like an old fashioned for, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, for sure. I went on I went online and found this recipe and I think it's really tasty and it really speaks to the 80s because the interesting thing about it, certain brands kind of stepped up their game in the 80s and they went from almost obscure to being moved up to top shelf. So you're talking about Evan Williams, Ancient Age, Knob Creek. You know, so they kind of that's when they kind of found their place because there was always room for people who drank you know, bourbons or whiskeys or scotches during that time period, even though it might not have been popular in the, in the club scene or the bar scene, but it was definitely popular with people who actually drink whiskey. So, you know, it was it's good to test these things out. And this one was moderately priced. I literally paid $21 for this bottle. And normally I've been spending for just for this show anywhere from 40 to $80 on a bottle of whiskey just to talk about on this show. But I think that it's interesting that you can find something that's really tasty and, and have all those notes that you want, you know, the caramel, the vanilla mm-hmm. and all that, because, you know, Kentucky's all about that. And so I think that it's good to be able to find that. And um, once again, if you if you're looking for just a good sipping whiskey, just something to have around the house to drink, you know, my go to is still going to be my gym beam for sipping. Yeah. And like I just want to drink around the house because I like a cherry note. But this I, one I like a four roses. Tawana loves a four roses. Bullet is my bullets bullet, are good too. Bullet's my love. Um, but you know, seventeen ninety two is now on my on my hit list. It is. So um and we've been killing that bottle. So shout out to my cousin Pete. Um 
But um, like I said, I think this was a good choice for this, and it's good to bring back some of these old things. And now, if you actually find, because they have, they're selling online okay. the actual barrels from that time period. Because I looked online to see if they have the actual bourbons from 1986. It's running right now for $490 per bottle just wow. to taste that taste from back in the day. Wow. And it's got to be some serious taste because that's several years what 30 plus years of aging so yeah. it's got to be really really tasty so once again like i said just give some bourbons a try just and you know taste. just look look for these things you know there's you know there's a lot of collectors out here but it's worth trying if you really like a good beverage like this so um yeah. i definitely recommend it and i'm gonna post the um horse feathers recipe online because it was really tasty because i'm gonna have another one of those soon that's an interesting name horse yeah. feathers <laughs> i wonder i wonder yeah. how they agree i literally pulled that out of the the jefferson which we've also reviewed yeah. in previous episodes off of their website and it was really it's really tasty i like it a lot so, oh, so maybe that's in relation to i guess yeah i who knows maybe They're, it's horse country yeah horse country yeah who knows Antebellum but, time. well you know <laughs> Uh, who knows but uh feels, once again feels... that's that's what we're dealing with with kentucky absolutely you know the south shall not rise again but we'll see what happens yes, yes. <laughs> so so i was thinking about industry news and i don't normally have like lately we haven't had a lot of industry news well we got some but industry news now in relation to what we're reviewing today it seems that top gun maverick um, should be grounded according to the copyright suit claims of the family members um, of a man who wrote the article that was uh, that inspired the original movie, and so they're really suing them um, because of a big copyright suit that was filed uh, Monday in California, uh, trying to actually a little before this. So th- this this article is a bit old. So they were trying to stop the actual release of it. Good luck with that. This is a $300 million making movie so yes. far. Mm-hmm. So like, and I really think I actually underestimate that figure. I think it, it might be. Even oh, more. I'm going to give you some numbers. I'm sure it's like 500. I'm going to give you some numbers. But, but, you know, even after a, a certain number of times, they're just, they're really upset because they think that the studio is thumbing their nose at a particular statute that allows the termination of rights after 35 years. And so, uh, according to Paramount, they're not backing down. These claims are, are without merit, according to them, and they will defend themselves vigorously, uh, said a spokesperson from uh, Paramount. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it also seems ill-timed, according to the article, that they really try to stop it as of the opening of the film, not beforehand, not during the filming, right. not right. during the inception. Because there's been so much buzz about this. There were many delays of the production on this movie yeah. just due to COVID. And so there was many opportunities for them to stop it ahead of time. I mean, this movie is what? This movie is like 30 something years old. It's right. The like, original. They're right. over the 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, they're over the 35 year. Um, over the 35 year statute so it's 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 it was like 10 when this movie came out 11 10 or 11 <laughs> so it's really kind of 1986 was a good I, year i mean i me. mean i really think um i i don't understand i, I don't de- i don't deny there might be some infringement somewhere some sort of copyright issue hollywood is hollywood right. i would not be surprised and and i knew that this film was originally crafted based off of an article 
um, that spoke about the naval training mm-hmm. of um, what they nicknamed Top Gun, which is a flight fighting school, right? Um, where they do dog fights and whatnot. But you know, good luck to this Israeli family who is trying to fight. It's not happening. This mammoth beast. It's because, not happening. Uh, Paramount is not giving up a dime of money. I mean, Paramount is a massive beast to fight. And and, and just so you guys know, I was just looking up the box office numbers for. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. As of last week, the movie has grossed just in one week. Mm. The movie grossed ninety million dollars. Okay, that's one week, and so far since it launched, it's at two ninety five. Yeah. So well, yeah, because this article quotes three hundred mil. Yeah, so they're they're gonna they're over that because that was they're last week's that. number. That was last so, week. And every week, people are going in there in droves. It, it's it's eclipsed every other movie that's out. The the number two movie right now is the multiverse right. movie, which we and, Doctor and Strange. That, that's about the slide, third, which we uh, reviewed Jurassic last Park time. Came out and this Jurassic weekend. Park just came out, so, so that, that's gonna that's about to slide to yep, three. That's gonna kick it down. <laughs> this is gonna slide to two. They might go neck and neck for the weekend, but then that's it. Yeah, because um, Top Gun is gonna be around throughout the summer because it's once again and and Jurassic Park they're gonna go neck and neck. Well, the thing about these movies are they're nostalgic, mm-hmm. so. You know, like I said, this movie came out in '86. Yep, I was like 11. I, I remember was you were grown. I was grown, <laughs> living my grown man life in college. My daddy took me to see this movie, so I, I, I remember, I remember certain instances in the film, and I, re- I remember, I have memories of um, people making certain comments during the film. So I had to have been like in the theater. But my dad was, as you know, my dad was a really big film fan. And so he took me with him to several films, which is what sparked my fire. Right. But, yeah, this film has been around for a minute. And so I think everyone has that question. How was it? How You know, it's 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 a little, it's been out for a long, long time. Right. Um, and so this new one is a nice little is a nice little uh, refresher. It's almost and, and an homage. And an homage at the same time. It feels definitely really good like homage. that. Mm-hmm. And so they, they definitely pull a lot of elements. So it's, it's, it's interesting. We're going to go even deeper, but um, it's interesting. And it, 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 was, it was just nice to feel, to feel in that moment of what used to be, of yesteryear. Right, right. the and, 80s. And, and of the 80s. And mm-hmm. to be reminded yeah. of such crazy 80s tropes mm-hmm. like yep we saw a, a lot of that we saw a lot of that but we're gonna get into it so, yeah, so uh, let's let's dig in the top gun the so original let's talk about the original top gun uh directed by tony scott um some might say the late great yes uh we lost him quite a long time ago he died in 2012 folks. yeah died in 2012 brother of ridley uh these two guys are synonymous Everything big in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Um, British-born filmmaker. Uh, so pff, I just give you a handful. Domino, Unstoppable, True Romance, The Fan. I mean, we can keep going on and on and on. I love Domino but, too. Um, yeah, Domino is pretty good. Deja uh, Vu with Denzel. Deja, yeah, Deja Vu. I mean, if you really want to go deep, you're talking like um, Man on Fire. Mm-hmm. 2004 uh you're talking about hostage you're talking about um the hunger that's a classic classic grace jones 97 90 99 yeah um you're talking about a lot of great stuff that he's that he's had and he's done for so long i mean 
Unstoppable was his last one, and that was with Denzel too. Taking a Pelham one, two, three, right. Denzel. Right. Like like you said, Deja Vu. There's so many. The Spy Game. He was really good. Enemy of the State with Will. Uncommon. Unpopular yep. name maybe for some right now. Days of Thunder. Still a great movie though. Still a great movie. Uh, you know. And you that know. Days of Thunder I hated with Tom Cruise, but I guess everybody I mean, liked that. Days of Thunder was Isn't so that where big. He was with Nicole Kidman. That's where he met Nicole Kidman. Ugh. Days of Thunder was so big. I remember going to Universal Studios and riding a Days of Thunder ride. Yeah, yeah. And you sit in these giant seats with all it was the supposed to be like around the, you. Right, it was supposed to be like the car experience. It was right? at the car experience, and then you would take these turns, and the seats would turn a little, and then you would, uh, there was like, it was, uh, I don't know if it's 4D, but I feel like you could almost feel moisture. There was a heat element, maybe. Right. And then there was a lot of shaking it was it was interesting right wow it was fun. wow but you know this is this is what we remember from our wow <laughs> well, when go. movies come to life you know yeah. a film geek like us you know yeah. for me especially when when movies come to life i'm just like all about it because you know a cinephile is dedicated so yeah so anyway directed by tony scott starring tom cruise tim robbins kelly mcgillis uh val kilmer uh, Anthony Edwards, oh my God, the list. Tom Skerritt is on and on. Michael Ironsides, uh, Rick Roth, uh, Rock. I'm sorry, Rick Rosovich, mm-hmm. Meg Ryan. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but so uh, basically, Top Gun is about uh, students at the United States Naval Elite Fighting Weapons School compete to be the best in their class and one young daring pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not always taught in the classroom so you want to start that's quite an ominous synopsis i know uh, <laughs> that, and that was the best one i could find yeah you know it was it was fun watching that movie again and i hadn't seen it in many many years you know because I, uh, unlike you, I'm not as much of a top uh, Tom Cruise fan, but I'm a I, Tom Cruise movie fan. She, I don't know if I like him as a person because he's kind of crazy. Truly has a, a real odd obsession a with odd Tom Cruise Tom movies, Cruise. and I mean all of them, not just one or two, but yeah. all of them. And I can't even tell you the number of times she's seen the Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible movies, or you know the his Jack Reacher stuff. His like Jack he, Reacher. He's done so many things that she's Last Samurai, upset. which is completely appropriating culture, but right. sure. But she's she literally <laughs> watches anything he's in. I, I'm, I'm telling you, if he, I don't know. If what Tom it is. Cruise did a clip where he just was going to the bathroom, she would watch that too. I mean, I was upset that the TV show didn't have Tom Cruise on it. The re, the Reacher in the Tom Reacher show, which I which uh, which With the I Jack Reacher, like. yeah, the yeah Reacher. I like the Jack Reacher show, but um, they call it Reacher. It's on yeah, they call uh, it Reacher. It's on Prime, yeah. So anybody, I just for. For one, it it was cool to watch it because it really brought back a lot of memories. And I think that one, we're in a period of where nostalgia is king and, and everybody wants to have that feel good yeah. moment. We wanted to have that, you know, well, that know, feeling of, you know, where everything was good, everything was safe, even though we were in the Cold War during that period of time. Cold, I big guess. Cold War. And, and, but it was uh, it was, was super was America. It was super America. Super Americana. You know, it, it every all the tropes were there. It was all, I felt like this was a military recruitment film. Yeah, for the definitely. Navy because all the shots were of all this male bonding and male camaraderie and oddly and, homoerotic. Though. You know, there was a lot of homoerotic <laughs> moments. But I think that it was interesting that, you know, it was about, you know, 
guys working together to fight this common enemy. It's common enemy. And you know, you had your, you know, it was everything Americana. It was white t-shirts and denim jeans and, and you leather know, jackets and aviator shades. Motorcycles. All that thing. Lots of yelling. Yeah. So much of that. <laughs> And I, but it was just the music was always a throwback to some older generation yeah. of music. True eighties synthesizers. Right. right, there was a lot of because everything was the music was produced by Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, um, who was very popular during that time period, and there, a lot of the synthesized music of all the eighties films from right. Terminator and yeah. Alien he and all, all those, those movies all they had all that the same, same sound. soundtrack. So Complete it's interesting. Intro. Giorgio Moroder was big on um, what was it? Uh, Midnight Express. Yeah. He worked with Donna Summer because there would be no love to love you, baby, without Georgia Moroder. Yeah, And so shout out to him and all the club heads. But um, I think that it's interesting that, you know, you got to see that thing and and all the shots made you, everything was big. There were no, even the small, quiet moments that you see in films today. Yeah. Everything still felt bigger. And and Tawana's going to talk a little bit about the, the technical aspect of it, but even the... The way the shots were structured and Everything. the lighting and the all the tricks that they 80s. did to make it happen, you know, it, it's know, very it was a interesting. Blow, mind blowing, for right? Because you don't see that kind I of stuff say, anymore. Oh, look at all that light! Oh, right. look at that cookie! Right. Oh, look at that! Right? It's it's all very technical, yeah, really and very film film school esque. So I think it's interesting to to, so to go school. back to that and just to see, you know, um, all of the actors in their younger days and in. in um, from Anthony Edwards from ER fame, who was Goose in who the was original Goose, film. Yeah, original. Just seeing Tom Cruise before he had his teeth done, you know, that just, it just blows your and, mind. And a little bit of fillers, it feels oh, like. Yeah, before all the fillers and all the stuff that he's done, his face But I'm going to give it to him. He's almost 60 and the guy's not looking bad. Yeah, he's holding up. He's holding up. He's holding up. He's holding up. Some might say I'm in love with Tom, but I'm not in love with Tom. Really, I'm in love with Tom's movies. I'm really a little confused, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I think that the movie just felt good. It made you feel good. You know, one thing about that period of time, the relationships were never over the top. They were always kind of like a little low simmer. You know, you don't have all the the drama and the tension and the the toxicity of the relationships that you see now on a lot of screens. You know, in a, in a lot of films, you don't you don't have a lot of that. You just it just was. Man, woman, airplane. Yeah, crew, and it was. Um, you know, was it felt how I described that. it was neon lights, fast cars, jets, sexy people, badass Americana iconography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was like. You know, hands down, it was Kenny Loggins in the Danger Zone, Berlin, right. Take My Breath Away. You know, yep, Great Balls of Fire. It was uh, Otis it, Redding and sitting on the dock yep, of the bay. Yep, Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay was like a handful of uh, of classical character actors. You know, everything was wet, which was odd. I forgot that they did that so much in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. They were wet like ninety percent of the time. Like their faces, every single soldier or or pilot right. had some sort of wet, he was sweaty, sweating all the time. dewy look they, to they them. They picked that up too in the second one. Yeah, they, they picked, picked that, that up, up too. But there was a lot of it. But in, there was more know. in the original. And so right. then they had that and then like but everything was wet. Like the streets were wet. Like um it's like it, it's like they it's 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 just like everything had to be glistening, and um, mm-hmm. and I know that when we learned in school the thing about uh, old school film was like they wet everything to make it have a slicker look to it. So when right. the lights hit it, it just popped. 
And that's great, but everybody was fucking sweaty. I was like, oh my God, they just spray water in these people's faces yeah, like, before I they call like they action. Did. I feel like they did. It was just like, it, it was like, so there's no AC anywhere? Like, no. <laughs> like, no. Everybody was sweaty and dewy the entire time. You know, and just, I, I often think we, we talked a lot about Meg Ryan. She, this is one of her early films, and, mm-hmm. and she was she was that young ingenue who was the wife of Goose in yes. the original. And, and it's interesting to see, you know, where they started and where they ended. I know she started before this in soaps, but it's interesting to see that, you know, her trajectory and her career has really changed. She was not in the sequel, but uh, cause her character had, had died, but it's interesting to see that all of these actors, a lot of them are still working and still doing their thing. And, you know, for, but for, Tom, I just think that this was a this was a labor of love for him because this was the the film. This Top Gun, the original, was one where they were propelling him, propelling him to superstar status because risky business had already been done, and so he was at this point in his career where he was blossoming into totally a superstar. Mm-hmm. And so everything about the shots, because you had all these close ups of his face, you had all these moments where it was just him in camera. Him. You know, he and, did a lot of acting in this because it was like these eye moments, right? A lot of eye moments, right? It was a some serious close ups just on his face and yeah. his facial expressions, yeah, as an actor. And I think that they they knew. You I know, mean, don't get us wrong; we know this ain't really Oscar like. But I mean, though it did win an Oscar, but in a in a not an Emmy. What's the other one? Um, it was a production Oscar. It, it was a production Oscar. One of the one. technical things, yeah. Because you know, this was once again. You got to re- also remember that this was during the time of those big blockbusters and the Academy, the Oscar Academy, did not feel that the big blockbusters deserved Oscars. It certainly they didn't. wanted They wanted Oscars to be held for those smaller films, more art type films. And so for a movie like this to to get any kind of award was a big thing. But once again, it was all about that American box office and getting people into the movie theaters. So I think that, you know, this movie kind of set the tone for that and so many other great movies that came out in the mid to late 80s from Alien and 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 all of that kind of stuff Terminator these these just kind of laid the groundwork for for those kind of um, films um what's the other one um pretty woman yep yep so like, like that whole era you know this was this was a certain kind of period in time and i think it's interesting to see you know where we're trying to get to now and i feel like Top Gun Maverick has saved the box office in a way because they they were hoping for this film, the new film, to really save the day, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. But it, it felt it certainly good just saved to watch the day it. for them. You know, I, it felt good just to sit back and watch it because we were we watched it in our home. But I could have also gone to see this one on the big screen too, just like I did with Maverick. Yeah, it would be nice. It, it felt it felt good to watch it. Yeah, it would be nice to have. Um do you have the ability to see this on the big screen? But it was nice to see it from here. And it was interesting. So, you know, and the original one, I think, grossed something like, oh, worldwide, something like 3 point, no, $350 million. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it's already. Meanwhile, the box office weekend—they already made it. They've already <laughs> made it. They've already won, made it on the new one. So they only made it on the Once new again, one. Once again, Tom Cruise's pockets are filling up with money. 
Well, you know, he was a producer <laughs> and, so. a direct, uh, and a director half the time and the actor and all these things. So, you right. know. So, you know, it's, it's worth it. And just so you know, folks, Mission Impossible is coming up. There's another yeah, one coming. Because I, I saw yeah, this man. film with. Super uh, excited. I saw Maverick with uh, Chauncey, our other producer, and he um, we saw it in IMAX. And we're like, oh, God, there's a Mission Impossible. And I told him, I said, oh, Tawana is going to lose her mind. I'm already sorry. I already saw it several times. But listen, folks, if you want to, there's no reason for us to give a rating for Top Gun. Everybody no. knows what it is. It's a classic but and it belongs If you there. want to dig it up and find it and check it out again, it's it's running right now on Prime, Amazon Prime. And, and it's Paramount. also on Paramount Plus. Yep. So, uh, and they're all free if and you have a subscription. Everywhere else, if you don't have those for about three bucks, four bucks. So yeah. that's reasonable if you just want to just rent yeah. it. Because it's one of those movies that your whole family can watch together. And, um, you know, it just brings us back into that time. You know, I think that it's just one of those things. I'm glad we were able to dig into it and and, um, just to revisit it again. Right. So let's move on to um, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. All right. Starring who else? Tom Cruise. Is it Tom Cruise? I think it's Tom Cruise. Okay. I think think he might be head head actor. Oh, there he is. (laughs) Tom Cruise with a new ingenue, which we didn't really mention. Kelly McGillis was in the first. Shout out to Kelly McGillis and all her... And all her allness. All her allness. Yes, yes. We got a a much better set of chemistry, I think, here between Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly. We've got uh, Miles Teller, who's been in a number of films, playing um, Goose's son. I really like Um, Val Kilmer. uh, Oh, so many. Uh, John Hamm and... uh, and 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 then a bunch of new guys who are co- bringing up the rear. We got Jay Ellis from um, yes, Insecure from fan. Yes, and, I hated him on Insecure, but I like. But, but I love the guy as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, to bring up the synopsis would be: after more than thirty years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Peter Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Boy, did it ever. <laughs> Directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, Joseph's fair would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joseph did like Only the Brave. He did Oblivion. Oh, Tom Cruise movie. Yep. He did Tron. I'm sure that's why he was hired. I'm sure that's why he was hired. Um, he did some Lady Gaga videos. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, he was able to carry on the tradition, so. Good for you, John. I literally almost feel like he just sat with the original film, watched the pacing, had some direction from Tom Cruise, and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Because it felt like I, after watching the original again, you know, last night again, I felt like the original, the, the new movie was the old movie like it, it felt well, I mean the they same. had the same producers the too and everything was the same Tom is a is a producer on this but also is Jerry Bruckheimer who also yeah. produced all those 80s films right because Bruckheimer knows how to make a movie so right. I know all he had to do was give him some some pointers and say let's do this well one. you know it's him him and Bruckheimer Bruckheimer has top billing so it is Bruckheimer's and, film but and Don Tom Simpson? was on there um, Don Simpson died a while ago. Right, because he was in the he he was the producer. He was his partner, one. producer partner for right. a very long time. So it's interesting to see that you know the movie because, like I said, Maverick felt just like Top Gun to me. There was not a 
There was not a misstep. There was not a moment. The pacing and all of that was the same mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I, I felt like how they how they used music was very similar to. And, um, well, they used a lot of the original. So um, right. Harold Faltermeyer, I'm sorry, mispronouncing that maybe, uh, was the original, was the guy who created the original theme song. Right. So they reused his song. And then instead of like Kenny Loggins and uh, Berlin, it was Lady Gaga and Hans Zimmer. Right. Who right. can traditionally and Zimmer continue is things Hans known out. for, for everything. So they they definitely scored with that and Gaga. So I think it's interesting that, you know, because it put me in the same place. Like as I was watching. Maverick, yeah, there were a lot of similarities. You know, I felt like I was watching the same movie. So it, it definitely yeah. was a great sequel. Yeah. In that way. There was a lot of similar recreation of scenes that had mm-hmm. happened right. in the previous film. Right. I, I thought it was really interesting. I, I mean, um, there, there was a lot of interesting things that that were in the film, but like some of some of the most interesting parts were what to me were what happened like behind the scenes. So um, this time these guys are in like F 18s They were in F fifteens before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and Tom, of course, does a bunch of his own stunts. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't do all his stunts, but I'm sure he does a number of stunts because Mission Impossible uh, famously gets set back. Because Tom wants to do the stunt that he's not really supposed to do. And then they they, they rally the troops and, and find ways to get the insurance companies to pay for it. Scientology. Um Do you think this <laughs> do you think this soon to be sixty year old man's gonna be doing his stunts the rest he, of his life? No, no, the rest of his life. I'm I'm sure he's on the Because I last actually feel like now. he's gonna die on a set somewhere. Well I hope that doesn't doing happen. Doing some crazy shit like this. I mean it's like I come really on. hope that doesn't happen. Right? But you know. It, it is what it is. So it's just like uh, what he did, though, was he led the charge, I guess, being producer and one of the actors. He led the charge in making sure his actors were trained properly. So according to um, according to behind the scenes info, the actors had to do three months of Top Gun naval training because uh, the Naval Academy was concerned if they had crashed in one of the jets because they right. were in a jet, not by themselves. They were tandem flying. Someone was flying the jet. They were just pretending. Um, That if they had crashed or needed to eject, that they would be able to survive it. So they had to go through three months of training. Then Tom Cruise apparently created an intense aviation training course to build up their spatial awareness in aircrafts. So they were in a number of other sort of death-defying crafts. Um, And so the actors actually flew in jets with pilots. Uh, on a number of occasions, like right off carriers. Um, wow. And so they also had to work with. So now the difference is in the original one, it was very shaky. There were cameras in the cockpits and they did fly too, but they didn't do big, big flies. Right. Um, these guys kind of went a few, a few uh, F8, like not F8s. They went through a few, I, I, I don't know what the word is. Because they kept referencing F8, F9. That was the speed. Mm -hmm. So they did go to an elevated speed. Probably like F4, F5, something like that. Right. Just Um, so they could understand. Just so they could understand. They could feel it in their face. And um, and so when these actors did it, they were in the front of the cockpit. they uh, They had these little cameras that they were operable. And they could operate it. So they basically had to be their own cinematographers. 
And they talk about how Tom Cruise explained lighting to them and explained, you know, um, angles. And and so it, it gave them a, a, a more depth to, right. to add to their character. They were actually in the shoes of these of these characters different pilots right? yeah these different pilots so you know you know according to the actors all the training totally prepared them to do these great jobs yeah and, and um one of the guys from the for the movie he actually didn't even want to be in the movie because tom cruise had come to him and said listen this is your opportunity to be a superstar uh what's his name he played uh god i can't he he's the guy who who saved the day but I don't explain too much. I'm not going to say any more than that. He just saved the day when he needed to be saved. Um, just go see the movie if you haven't seen it already. Hmm. But he was really cool His about name is it. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. Because I've seen several interviews with him. And he talked about the fact that he didn't even necessarily initially want to be in the movie but he had talked to tom cruise and tom cruise is like this is your opportunity to become a star do not waste your opportunity and since then tom cruise not only brought his whole family out to the set and he got to meet with them because his the re, the thing that connected him to top gun was this young man mr powell and his father went to see top gun the original together oh, yeah. when that he was a sense. little boy just and, like me it, just like Tawana and and his father was just so enamored with the first film so mm-hmm. the fact that Tom Cruise welcomed the whole family yeah. to the set so that they could be a part of it it just opened his eyes and plus because of that flight training that they all got he is mm-hmm. now a, he's now certified to fly planes because he got really involved in the, yeah, the whole I think, process I think a lot of them did you know they, they went got. on with the process because they got so engrossed in it because Tom you know, was well, about he, making them be better actors. Them. Right. Tom was about making them be better actors. And so they all kind of jumped into the experience. And I think that's really cool. I think that, um, you know, one thing about being a producer, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're really about making sure all of your team is working and everybody's getting along and everybody's working together. And, you know, the product is being created the way you want it to be done based on what the director wants. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, it, I think that it's it's important to see that happen. And, I, and for for Tom to bring everybody together in such a way to make them part of the whole military right. and flight experience is really cool because yeah. I know it had to add to their performances because I, I really course. bought into it if you're sitting in 100 if you're sitting in the cockpit and you're above ground like you're right. not you're not just pretending you know you're you're above ground you're actually in the action and I think it added to it because you can tell the technology because the camera was very shaky in the first one mm-hmm. and this one it was super super still so I'm sure they had some classical um, some some stealth new technology. Yeah. Plus, they had this thing called a um, a cinema jet that apparently has all these cameras on it that right. flies alongside. It's an actual jet, yeah. so Lord knows how much that costs. And um, all those aerial stunts because this this was a not lot gre- of that stuff this happened. was not green screen work. Nope, this they was shot it from the work. ground. Mm-hmm. Those flyovers you'll see in the movie. There's a there's these giant flyovers and they go through these canyons because the similar the story is similarly placed. You know they go to school they 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 find this these this grand group of people and now Tom Cruise has to train them like he was trained and they have this mission to fulfill and they have a certain amount of time to fulfill this mission so when the mission comes off they take off through these canyons and blah 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 there's all these maneuvers and turns there if you look at behind the scenes footage there are cameramen 
all over that valley. Just right. shooting up, shooting down, shooting around. I'm sure there was drone work. I'm oh, sure absolutely. there was a number of things that took off. And on top of that, they had the cameras inside the pot cockpits. So it made it so much more like, especially in those one, there, there were particular scenes where it looks like, and you've seen this in the trailer if you've seen the trailer, where they hit a certain point in the F schedule. Right. <laughs> the flight, the, so like they get to, at a certain point, if you get above a certain number, say F8, F9, you could lose consciousness. Right. So there were moments where these things were near to happening or occurred, um, and that doesn't spoil anything. And they would free fall. You could totally see the fucking free fall. There was no, there was no behind the scenes shit. Yeah. Um, there was no was like green screen. It was very real. It was very interesting. But um, in 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 relation to that. I wanted to touch a little bit on the, the differences. Please do. Um, so there was that, as I mentioned. Uh, there's also um, the relation in music. So I guess Harold and Kenny and Berlin were the hot markets back then in the 80s. And now it's Hans and Lady Gaga right. who did the movie. Um, they had these big scenes, right? So there was that big, manly, like muscular Americana volleyball scene. The football scene? No, and the volleyball scene in the original. Oh, from the original. And they okay. were all in like no shirts. Tom Cruise had like jeans on. Another one had on like sweatpants. And they were like, yeah. It's like so amazing. So, so manly. It was ridiculous. It was not my favorite scene. I just think I use that in relation because in the cast, there is a woman pilot. Yes. Which there were no women almost in the entire movie yes, of Top it's, Gun, it's except for the wives. Right. Um, even Tom Skerritt's wife. And Kelly McGillis. And she was Kelly McGillis was a, 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 a important contractor yes. who had studied all these. All the planes. And all these planes and their, their abilities. And I'm, I'm assuming she was some sort of like. She was a government contractor. Yeah, but who, she was like a who had, scientist who in some way. Who was about that plane and the, the plane that And what all the things it could do. Yes. And so this is a powerful woman, right? Knows all these things and, 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 and is basically a scientist and can wax on for hours about the, the amazing things these planes can do and defeat all these things. And yet she was just Tom Cruise's girlfriend. Right. Uh, and, and Meg Ryan was worse. So... Tawana really hated Meg Ryan. I didn't movie. hate Meg Ryan. I hated her part. She called her P P W T, and I'm like, oh, that's no, poor she girl. Did as they played, they portrayed her as poor white trash. She this just, is not this is not an abbreviated moment. They deliberately deliberately gave her a poor white trash. She was beachy. She was she, beachy. That's not beachy. Beachy so southern though. She no, there's, there's 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 southern and beachy and southern and poor white trashy. She was giving me. Um, she was giving me very much like what's that little girl, little heavy set girl, that was that had that television show. Anyway, she was giving me very, um, she was giving me very poor white dress vibes. I'm sorry. Are you talking about Honey Boo Boo? Honey Boo Boo. She was giving me Honey Boo Boo's relative vibes. I was. Oh I was. Oh my god! I you was, Meg Ryan. I don't care about Meg from Ryan. From Top Gun fame. I mean, Honey Boo Boo. Don't really give her fame like she was doing the most in this movie. She wasn't in the second one. She was no, I don't even tell you. But she, yeah, I mean, I mean, she had to go through all them damn movies with with Tom, with Listen, the other Tom, Tom Hanks. I'm not, I'm not her props. I'm not diminishing her talent. Okay. I'm just saying they did not use it in this film. Well, I'm gonna need another. Drink, and the y'all. reason why I say that is because they elevated the women in this film. Mind you, they only have one. 
They only had one pilot, but the woman who played Jennifer Connelly's character, who was uh, Tom Cruise's love interest, also had a bit of power to her. So the yes. comparison between the two is he always has like these fast, powerful women. Yes, because like, Kelly McGinnis was the same way. Right. She had she had she had that big fast car. This one had a fast car, but she was also whipping some boat. It was a, it was a whole thing. So. Right. I will say, you know, congratulations for jumping a little bit out of that yeah. and not making us feel like yeah. set pieces. And they also made the, the cast a little bit more diverse. Way you know, more diverse. You had, you, had, you had Asian, you had Latino, you, you had, had black, Asian, you, you had, had a woman. You know, yeah. Jay Ellis was the black guy. You, you had know, a woman. I'm sure half of them were gay. So it was just a great. I don't think it didn't. Well, it didn't seem like anyone. They didn't have to allude to it. They just alluded that that woman had a little thing with um, Goose's son. In right, the, so you know, I think it's it's interesting that you know the the movies. One, the movies held up because the fact the that movies held up something that's as old as that thirty plus years that can still stand the test of time. The, I think that's a that's a testament to yeah. The the, quality I, I find of the, the homoeroticness of like the volleyball scene and the locker room scene to be a bit comical, but. Yeah. And once again, they were fucking wet. I was like, why are you wet head to toe? Just hanging around in towels. Y'all don't fucking do that shit. I mean, in y'all Hollywood, it was y'all legs cocked open. It was literally hanging out on benches. But it was really about wasn't a, was a sauna. But it was really about the, the conversations and the camaraderie. And, and there the was lighting. a lot of there was a lot of lighting. And then there was the it was all about the tidy whitey. Uh, briefs and the white t-shirt the white that was t-shirt, a big yeah. thing because um, you gotta remember that's when Calvin Klein became super super famous for creating that look I was and so I think <laughs> see you're too young to understand but a whole industry no, I get it. came out of that so I, I think it. that it's interesting to see that some of these same tropes live today but now they've just been updated and, well what, and what's interesting is that how the old school cinematography holds up yeah. but if you know what you're looking for you can totally see it so we have these things called cookies they're like wooden boards with cut out holes in them and so the cutout boards will illuminate light through them, but it will change the gradation of the light. It will lessen it. It will intense it. It could be a shadow. So they use these things. And, at, and then at some moments, they would make these cookies that were like, and sometimes they would actually use blinds, but they make cookies that actually look like blinds. So when you would stream lights, there would be hard, big, long, extended, like, shades and lines across mm-hmm. people's faces. So when they sat in a room that... Act as acted as an element to bring texture to the scene and to right. bring depth and 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 uh, uh, fill out the space a little deeper. And so they had that plus the element of water, which I've mentioned a million times. And then their 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 uniforms. So they had that. So that to me brought me back to film school because I was like, oh my yeah. god, this is how we learn. You know, you remember cinematography. A lot of techniques there. And so it was a lot of techniques. So when you think about today. Kino flows and LEDs and all these flat panel things they could use that make things really easily um, accessible for lighting. And so it was nice to see that, to see him on his bike in front of the, um, I guess it was a runway of some sort where the jets would take off and come in. Yep. And so yep. he's just sitting there. Because that scene was literally copied from the original. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's and they did it. This is what I'm describing as the did in original. It's him on his bike in this leather jacket 
everything is in full light. Like you can see he's super, super bright, just him alone. But you can see the runway in the background and the lights on the runway. And you see the, the, the planes take off and take on and him speeding around on that bike, you know. So it was still, it was, it was an interesting, he essentially became Tim Skerritt. Tom? Tom? Tom Skerritt. I'm sorry. Tom Skerritt. He essentially became yep, Tom as Skerritt. As the instructor. As the instructor, as the old weather instructor mm-hmm. who knew the history of these people who had been in these uh, films. But I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. And I think it, it's one of those films that, you know, I thought it was fun. everybody can go to. A, people Obviously, people are going. Right. So I think that it's just one of those things that you definitely need to see if you want to get out with your family and your friends this summer. Um, it's good to be back in the theater. I actually saw it in IMAX with we, Chauncey. I t- we saw it in the theater too. We saw it at the Alamo, which is downtown, which was lots of fun. Nice, nice. And, and everybody was engaged. In it. You had all age groups in the audience. And I feel like it, it's one of those things. And thank goodness that people are actually going back to movie theaters because that's about that was about to be experience you know that was about to be a lost experience due to the pandemic but i think that it was good to see people in that environment again and i I, obviously this movie is just going to keep making more and more and more movie you know throughout the summer so um, yeah i'm going to see jurassic park tonight probably oh i want to see jurassic park too i love that franchise it is a fun franchise i I, to want to know how much i love it i have a friend who has a kid who's only five and this kid can name you every single dinosaur that's ever been. And they should. And, and, and created. So for him, so many years later, yes. to see this is, is sort of amazing for him to be able to see it on this scale. And all the cast members are back. Yeah, everybody's back. And, and I think it's Very really cool. Very excited about that. So, um, you know, as I said, you know, go see summer movies when you can. Go see summer movies. Go see so, this one. There's too. so much happening in streaming still for those people that are afraid to leave their houses. Yeah. No. So, you know, just... You know, just know that there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, once again, I think that it's, it's just one of those things you have to check out. I'm definitely giving this a five out of five because it made me feel nostalgic for being in a movie theater yeah. and seeing a big film on the screen. Yeah, again. I thought it was good for nostalgia. Yeah, I want to give it like a four. You cannot fucking give half. it a four. The way you was, uh, I, I mean, mean I'm actually the way you were licking, on Tom you Cruise, were I like the his movies. Tom Cruise, Cruise no, no, this it. is not Mission Impossible. Now that he might get a little head from, oh, he's not getting head from this movie. Oh god. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. Four point seven five. No, no. From okay, Kiwana. okay. I'll give it. I'll give it a five because Tom looked great for a sixty year old, and they actually pulled this off, and it was nice and fun. It was able to um, give me some nostalgia. Thoughts. I, I had some memories that were yes. It brought up your nice. dad. And everything. I brought up my dad's childhood memories. This is a lot of um. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. I'll give it a five. Thank you. It's fun. No matter what it is, it's just a fun time. Absolutely. So go. Don't take it too seriously. Millennials and Z's, leave your phones in your pockets and just watch the film. I have a good time. Don't take photos. Right. <laughs> Okay, this is not, this is a movie. You're not the movie. This is just a movie. I'm just kidding, but it's not. <laughs> but, Tawada, you're so mean. <laughs> but I really enjoyed this. So, you know, um, if you guys like this episode, you know we please did. be sure to like, share, and follow on all our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we host. Uh, Apple Play, no Apple Podcast. My Apple bad. Podcast. That's so many Apple parts. I know. Um, Apple Podcast, Spotify, 
And if you have anything to tell us or anything you'd like to mention or maybe you'd like a, a movie you'd like us to check out or an opinion you have, we're very open to it. Just make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag BBM podcast. That's hashtag BBM podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Don't get crazy. Twitter fingers are, are lethal. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but this is always in good fun and we're happy you're here. Thank you for being here. See you soon. This beer bourbon and the movie. movie.